Christine Bentley with Kate Wheeler, and you are listening to What She Said, brought to you by Roar Publishing, from concept to content. We hope you're having a great weekend, and thanks for spending your Saturday afternoon with us. Uh, Be warm and toasty inside. (laughs) Well, did you know that more than 400,000 Canadians, 65 and older, have been diagnosed with dementia, including Alzheimer's disease? Dr. Heather Palmer, who is the Director of Memory Care at Amica Mature Lifestyles, is going to share some tips on how to spot early signs of Alzheimer's and how Canadians can better understand this disease. Very timely, Christine. January is actually Alzheimer's Awareness Month. And we also are going to be joined by award-winning Russian-born Indo-Bengali Canadian comedian Donish Anwar. Say what? Say that again? (laughs) Russian-born Indo-Bengali Canadian comedian. Okay. Uh, The first and maybe the last... (laughs) Of his kind on this show. We don't know. He's going to tell us about a new documentary called Stand Up Toronto, in which he participated that delves into the experiences of comedians of colour in Canada. Film critic Anne Brody has the latest movie and TV reviews. And if you're thinking of a winter getaway, lifestyle expert Lena Almeida is talking must-do Disney in 2018. She has a month-to-month breakdown of exciting events to check out. And knowing Lena... Pretty sure she's been to all of them. <laughs> I'm sure, maybe twice. And Candace Derricks from lifeinpleasantville.com has tips for getting fit at home on a budget. And in our live studio sessions today, we have Canadian R&B and pop powerhouse Jenna Nation, who's going to perform her original song, You Don't Know. And don't forget to follow us on social media at What She Said Talk. You can download our free podcast on Apple so you can listen on the go. And hey, we're on Facebook Live every Wednesday morning at 10 a.m. And you should join us for great giveaways. We even give you a sneak preview of who's going to be on the show. So don't go anywhere. What She Said will be right back after this short break on 105.9 The Region. Do you remember when you first fell in love with reading? Well, you weren't really reading, were you? No, your passion for books began quite another way. It was listening, wasn't it? To a story. Yes, your love of reading really got started when you were being read to. Kobo introduces audiobooks for the free Kobo app with a beautifully designed, easy-to-use player, one home for all your audiobooks and ebooks. Book lovers can listen to their heart's content for as little as $12.99 per month with subscription, and with a 30-day free trial, you get your first audiobook free. Sign up now at Kobo.com. This is 105.9 The Region. year 25,000 Canadians are diagnosed with dementia and by the year 2020 nearly 250,000 seniors in Ontario will be living with some form of it. Joining us today is Dr. Heather Palmer. Welcome. Thank you. Who is Director of Memory Care at Amica Mature Lifestyles and you're here to share some tips on how to spot early signs of Alzheimer's which uh, many of us might not know and much more. So welcome to what she said. Thank you. 
January is actually Alzheimer's Awareness Month. Do you think Canadians need more education about this disease? I mean, I think we've heard a little more in the past 10 years than we ever did before, but is it enough? Absolutely, we need more education. I think we really need to focus more on awareness of understanding what the disease is, what the symptoms might be, um, and most importantly, what can be done about it. Because for most people, when they hear the word Alzheimer's, their brain goes to a fearful spot. But the reality is, is there's a lot that we can do to support people in both the early, mild, the mild, the moderate, and the severe forms of the disease to have a good quality of life. So what are the very beginning symptoms? Uh, it's hard to tell. So Alzheimer's disease falls under an umbrella of dementia. So that's when we're really talking about there have been early indicators of cognitive change. So changes in a variety of aspects of their thinking. So many people will experience it in different ways. Where it starts to really become a concern and where one wants to dig deeper to really understand what is the source of those changes is when it's having an impact on day-to-day -day life. So quality of life or safety might be at risk. Now... Let's talk about some of the different aspects, because right. in my family, we have a relative who has aphasia. So they say he, he, he can look after himself. His hygiene is fine. He can wash, shower, dress himself very nicely, you know, still walk the dog. Um, but there's no speech there. The speech is hard. Um, so there are so many different levels of things that people can do. The umbrella, there's a lot of umbrellas, too. Absolutely, and I, I think that's a fantastic example because aphasia can be a symptom of the disease, and for some people it comes later on in the disease process. For some people it comes on earlier on. Yeah. So the, the family member you're talking about, the aphasia isn't necessarily having an immediate impact on his day-to-day -day life, but if we were to diagnose, label, and treat him as, oh, he's got, this person has Alzheimer's, then there's the likelihood that they might start removing some of his independence and not encouraging him to walk the dog and do all of those mm -hmm. things that really are giving his, his life a lot of value and independence. And that's where it's hard, too, to find um, some form of help um, and care because he doesn't actually fit the mold because usually they say the hygiene care is the first to go. And that hasn't gone at all. Right, right. And, and he might be very active and good at hygiene for a very long point in time. Um, and I think that's why it's so important. What we like to focus on is rather than focusing on specifically the diagnosis or mm. specifically the stages, we really focus on the individual and try and customize our approaches, recognizing absolutely that the way the disease is going to manifest itself in each person is going to differ based on the disease itself, based on their own personal experience, their skill sets, what they used to do, their education, and the supports they have around them. So what is the percentage of seniors who will get some form of dementia, let's say Alzheimer's? Um, I, I don't love giving specific no, stats. No, but just because generally. It's always, yeah, generally speaking, they say that after certain ages, so over the age of 65, um, you know, one in five or more will have some form of dementia. And over the age of 85, one in three. Those are j loosely defined statistics. So let me ask you this. Would people be aware of that they were losing it? Because, you know, we lose, we forget our keys. It was, mm. what did I do? At what point should we be thinking, uh, I should go and have a test? And is there a test? Absolutely. So, um, surprisingly, 
cognitive changes can occur as early as our 30s and 40s. So quite often in our 30s and 40s, especially women, they'll start saying, oh my gosh, I'm losing this, or they're getting a little bit confused, managing a variety of schedules, and so the immediate thought is, oh my goodness, is there something serious going on? What I generally suggest to people is if you think the changes you're experiencing are significantly different to your peers, your colleagues, or it's actually having a negative impact on your life, there's no harm in going to a doctor and say, can you tell me what's going on here? Let's explore this a little bit further. Because even if that's decades before the onset of any type of dementia, what you now have is you have a baseline. You have an opportunity to refer back to how fast are things changing um, and what might be causing those changes. Are there different ways of helping with the communication um, for somebody that, that has um, Alzheimer's? Um, with my relative, um, it's almost like it started off that I, I could finish the end of his sentences because I sort of knew what he was thinking. But now he can't even, it's hard to, um, for him to tell us if something's wrong, if he's right. not feeling well, if something's wrong. So are there ways that you can help? Communicate? Absolutely. I mean, what I would say is the standard of what we need to do at all times is preserve the dignity of the individual. Because even if they're not able to fully communicate their thoughts, there are thoughts there. And even though if their thought doesn't make sense to us, it makes sense to them. So we need to move forward in communication with that in mind. So if, for example, you come and visit your relative and he's put his shoes on the dresser, Rather than being helpful and just taking them off the dresser and putting them back down, you need to stop and think, he's put them there for a reason. Might not make sense to me, but it probably made sense in his mind. Easier to reach, maybe. Yeah, easier to reach. So Mm -hmm. we have to, and it's the same sort of thing with communication. We need to dig deep to try and understand what are they trying to say, and if not, at all costs, do our best to try and preserve their dignity. So if it gets to a point where what they're saying actually isn't making a lot of sense at all, you want to continue to agree with them and validate what they're experiencing and keep the conversation going. So when can, when, how can you know that it's time for somebody to go into full-time care? That's a really tough question. Um, uh, There there are so many different levels of full-time care. So in the retirement industry, so at Amico, we have independent living, assisted living, and memory care. Uh, We focus on the cognitive well-being of all of our residents, so we're doing our best to support them at any level. Um, So if somebody wants to have a few of the burdens of life taken off, then they can move into independent living. If they're starting to struggle and they need a lot more care services and support, then perhaps they move into assisted living. If there's a lot of um, a lot of care required and there's safety, significant safety issues, then perhaps they move to memory care where the programming is much more specific. And then some cases people will move on to long-term care where there's a much more heightened level of medical attention offered. And how do you have that conversation? Because most people, if they don't recognize that they, and people like to preserve their independence. I mean, my father uh, was a, had aphasia as well. And he, he wanted to be independent and live on his own. And it's how, how do you do that sensitively when you love someone and you just don't want them to, you know, in the end we had to move him into long-term care because he kept falling right. in the middle of the night and they weren't checking every 20 mm. minutes. And, and it's, it's a very challenging conversation to have, especially when somebody 
does have dementia, there might be issues with their comprehension, their ability to reason, their ability to remember the conversation you had with them the day before. So it's really quite possible that they feel that they are fine and there's no safety, but family members feel that there is a big concern. So my recommendation is start these conversations early. Um, start them in a gentle way. Get a sense of what the loved one wants. Do that while they're still cognitively intact enough to have those conversations and express their wishes. And then as you move through that process, constantly check in with them. Always include the individual in the conversations because you'd be very surprised at how much they are taking in and their behaviors alone will give you a good indication of what they want. Are there day programs at Amica? Are there things that you can come and take part of, part in, or is it all sort of more of a residential program? At this point in time, it's retirement living. Retirement so we living? do, lots of people come to our communities for individual events, but we do not have a specific day-to-day -day program for, people, for, for outside people to come to. Mm -hmm. How are wait lists? We hear they're, they're long at good organizations. Uh, they're... The, the wait lists are an issue. I mean, it's an issue across the industry, mm -hmm. obviously, especially with the aging population. We want to make sure that we have enough services and supports and communities that can meet the variable needs of, of, of everybody. Um, I would absolutely recommend if somebody's interested, they call and find out and put their name on the wait list if there is one. So how, how, how do people find out more information? Their website. Uh, the, the best way, bet would probably be to go to amica.ca, um, and from there you can find all of our communities. And within that, different communities will have different services and neighborhoods available. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. This is a really important mm -hmm. topic, I think, for many, many people. Thank you. This is what she said on 1059 The Region, and we will be right back. For the vast majority of people, there is something about how they look that they are less than happy with. For me, it was my smile. I took a tumble down the stairs when I was a child, losing both of my front teeth, resulting in a very lopsided smile. Fast forward 20 plus years. With my wedding fast approaching, I decided to check out the possibility of having this fixed. Dr. Cohen, the team at Maple Ridge Dentistry, gave me a smile that has not disappeared since I had the work done. After years of simply grinning, my wedding picture shows me smiling broadly. Maple Ridge Dentistry is affordable, fast, and makes the process easy. If your smile does not represent you in the best light, Call Dr. Coe at 905-832-9008. Let the team at Maple Ridge Dentistry give you a smile you love. Go online at mapleridgedentistry.ca and change how the world sees you. Tell them Michael sent you. Passion is everything when it comes to hair, so trust your hair to an artist. Jason Kearns of Kearns & Co. is known across North America for making the hottest high fashion looks work for real people. Jason and his team of expert stylists bring together creativity, vision, and the very latest hair care systems, color, and products to create looks that have heads turning. Your hair is the most important fashion accessory you will ever own. Trust it to the experts. Start today. Visit kernsandco.com. York Region. York Region. Radio from your point of view. 1059 The Region. Well, 
I can promise you he is the only Russian-born, Indo-Bengali, Canadian stand-up comic we will have on this year. Right, For sure. (laughs) For sure. (laughs) We are delighted to welcome award-winning comedian Danish Anwar to what she said. Hi, how are you? Hi, how are you guys? Great. (laughs) Now, we're we're very excited to have you in. You've just come off a really big year. TVO documentary, sold-out New Year's Eve show at the Panasonic Theatre. We didn't get an invite to that. Why, why did we not get an invite? I'm not sure. Because it was sold out. Oh, right. Okay. And you have some exciting yeah. stuff coming up as well. But before we get to all that, mm-hmm. for people who may not know, political humor and thought-provoking social commentary is what you're all about. And so you must be having many field days with the current political climate out there. Yeah, it's almost too easy. <laughs> it's, it's kind of, yeah, to be honest, it's uh, these days... The political climate being the way it is, it's almost oversaturated. Right? Mm-hmm. By the time something happens, everyone from Colbert to Fallon and any everybody on Twitter has cycled through jokes so quickly that, like, before you can say something, it's already stale, mm. almost. You know, I mean, I'm going to use Oprah as an example. Mm-hmm. Uh, she made one speech at the Globes, and within 24 hours, I think people went through four different emotions. First, it was like, yeah, let's. Oprah for president, and then it was like, do we really want a celebrity mm, president? Yeah. And then they were like, well, she's a billionaire. What does she know? And then cycled back to, no, she would be a. So it's the things move so quickly that in this climate, I almost have to, you know, step back and be like, okay, I'm just gonna try to look at the big picture because we forget so many things happen. We forget, oh, we we have proof of aliens now and yeah. and all kinds of things. But um, it's a very interesting challenge, though. Not gonna lie. Yeah, you would think that with all this going on, it would you just sort of a plethora of thing of subjects. But you're right uh, because everybody jumps on the bandwagon because mm-hmm. there's so much. Yeah, and it's it's usually significant. Absolutely, um, mm-hmm. that uh, there's not much left for you, or, much, or yeah. you might feel that way. Maybe. Yeah, I mean, I don't. As a comedian, you don't. You want to be original, so I don't want to repeat something somebody else already said and then be accused of stealing a joke, things of that nature, right? And Does it, that happen a lot in the community? Uh, yeah, fairly often. It's called parallel thinking. So if somebody, most comedians, you know, you get into a groove, you, you often watch the same other comics, like we all have similar mm-hmm. interests mm-hmm. and inspirations and all that. So if you have a very a big topic like Oprah, there's there are so many ways you can take that. So it makes sense that several people get, have the same joke. Sometimes you'll, you'll do something and you'll hear you know, uh, the same exact bit on Fallon or on Colbert because some of their writers had the same thought. That's so how, how did you get into this? I mean, I have friends who are very witty and funny and the whole table laughs, but they haven't actually made the jump uh. and said, I want to, I want to, I want to float. <laughs> it's uh, because being funny is just only like 10% of it. It's most, how do I put it? So when you're talking to your friends, your friends know you're funny. So if you say something more like you'd laugh, but if I walk into a comedy club, there's somebody on stage who I've never met before. You're not going to give them the same benefit of the doubt. So that person has to kind of fight over that to convince you that you should laugh along with them. You know, that's kind mm-hmm. of the dynamic. So a lot of stand-up comedy is just rejection 90% of the time. Monday to Thursday, even Friday, you're going to do open mics, you're going to try out jokes. Everything I think of is funny to me, but not by, might not be funny to anybody here. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> so I guess you have to kind of tailor things because yeah. you start out with something that you think's funny and you don't get the reaction you mm-hmm. want, but then you something you don't think you think ah, it's a bit of a throwaway and then and everybody are reacts dying so you, over it. Yeah. But what what led you to this? Oh, uh I This just, is my second mm-hmm. my my worst fear. I thought it was 
heights, but I think this, standing public out speaking. in front, no, no, not public speaking, but having to just sort of go from the hip and, and make people laugh, uh, the see, pressure yeah. would be just... Uh, I guess I'm an attention whore. There's that. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good thing. That's a good so thing in your that. business. Yeah. Um, Did you just honestly, wake up one I day just, and go say... I just really like stand-up and with comedy uh, or even music or anything, A lot, most people who end up doing the thing professionally were just really big fans. So at one point, I thought, maybe I'll give it a shot. Um, and I went to Second City I took a, like a stand-up class and it was fun I, the very first uh, show I did I bombed so hard nobody laughed uh, it was in a weed room so people were smoking a lot and when people smoke that much they're catatonic they can't actually react to you they're just mm. kind of like huh uh, yeah exactly hey. and my first time I don't know this I was trying all these jokes and it was five minutes of just dead silence and I walked off stage I was like yeah I need to do that again that was fun but <laughs> but recently as we mentioned off the top you were one of the primary subjects in the TVO documentary called Stand Up Toronto uh-huh, yeah, right yeah. so that delved into the experiences of comedians of color in mm-hmm. Canada yeah so is there a difference well not in Toronto as much as let's say Aurora or even if you keep going further north the further north you go when there's like 50 hours between cities yeah things are different because you know and it's more of a difference between like a city and a small town right mm-hmm. in a city when you go to a show often people want to be uh you know like engaged intellectually at a comedy <laughs> show right whereas if i'm doing a show in Goderich in a in a town in a legion hall uh you know people have had a long week they just want you to make them laugh and entertain them so first of all, there's different kinds of comedy there to begin with. Mm-hmm. I'm not there to like do political material. I'm there to entertain people because they're there. This is their night out. So there's that. And the second thing is, if you're not around like a lot of diverse people, you, this is a new thing for you. So I can't instantly go back into sophisticated, you know, like you know, uh, uh, nuanced stories about this is what it's like to be so and so because this is the first time. You know, somebody's hearing that in, in, in like a smaller town. Right. So now you've also created the wi- wildly popular battle show, Your Hood's a Joke. Tell us all about that. Oh, okay. Well, that that's from having traveled a lot. So one thing I notice everywhere, and I can just use this place as an example, is wherever you are, people always like make fun of their neighbors, right? So, mm-hmm. you know, like... This morning when I was like, oh, I got to do a radio show. I got to go uptown. People are like, how far north? I'm like, Scarborough. It's like, like, oh, my God, Scarborough. That's like another country altogether. It's so Scarberia, far away. right? Yeah, exactly, yeah. right? You know, so the show is about like different neighborhoods roasting each other. So it'll be like Scarborough versus downtown or like Mississauga versus Brampton. And it became like, uh, started doing schools and uh, countries, you know, India versus Brazil and things like that. And it gets really dark and very, very... Uh, in your face because it's a roast. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of the places that we have represented on the show don't have a great human rights record. <laughs> they're they're yeah. not great when it comes to you know women and the treatment of like queer people and all that. So all that stuff comes up. It's uh, extremely R-rated, but people really get into it because you don't often you know, and especially these days, get to hear those things or even like consider the fact that you know what maybe not everything is good in China and it's okay to say that sometimes. So yeah. Did you have a mentor? Uh, no, not really. Not one. No? I mean, in comedy, you pretty much ask everybody who's been there in your scene, you know, like people who've mm-hmm. been there for like longer. Like there are a lot of comedians, Canadian comedians who helped me out, like with joke writing, you know, like just the idea, the philosophy of stand up, things like that. Um, but I wouldn't say like one single person, no. Well, what advice would you give up and coming comedians or people who would like to get into the business? I would say don't. Because <laughs> I don't want the competition. competition. Oh, 
Uh, oh, I knew that. Um. Go to school, York. There's a subway that goes to York now. You can just go to school. I don't, just stay away, please. That's my advice. Well, if if they do want to come and see you, you do have some upcoming shows across yes. Canada uh, mm-hmm. this month. Where can people find tour dates, tickets, all that kind of stuff? Uh, sure, they can. F- I mean, my Twitter is at Terror Suspect. Uh, it is not. And as is my Instagram, <laughs> so they can find me there. <laughs> Uh, and my website and all that's all there I've got a bunch of shows like this weekend I'm gone to Winnipeg to do Your Hood's a Joke out there between various Winnipeg neighborhoods yeah. and schools and all that January 27th Comedy as a Second Language uh, that's a show that's, uh, that focuses on comedians who are immigrants or first generation mm-hmm. uh, that's January 27th at 129 or Saturday Okay, so they can follow you and seriously at Terror Suspect. Yes. What's going to happen when you try to take that phone across the border? Oh, that's already happened. <laughs> it's already happened. I have a, I have a, pa- I have a Canadian passport with my face on it that says I was born in Russia. So that's, it already looks like a counterfeit. My phone and my, my Twitter is not the, my biggest problem at all. Must give you some ammunition so, yeah. on yeah. your next show. No, no Nexus card for you? No, no. <laughs> no. Oh. Okay. So, um, you really, you started when, how old were you when you said? Oh, not that long ago. I started comedy in 2011, so I was like 26. So it hasn't been that long. Well, uh, but you're doing so well, considering that you started. Yeah, I, I mean, these days there's a difference. Like when you did comedy in the 80s or the 90s, you didn't have the internet. So now with, you know social media and having all these yeah. tools at your disposal we can reach uh, our fans by circumventing the clubs right i don't have mm-hmm. to wait till friday night to get to a club if i have a joke i can throw it on twitter i can do it do a like a pretty maybe okay show on a tuesday in front of like five people but if you get the right camera angle and the right laughs you can throw it up the next like an, in an hour um, so that's that has awesome. that has definitely accelerated everybody's career path. Well, it's been very entertaining. Thank you so much for joining us oh, Thanks today. for having me. <laughs> <laughs> this is what she said on 105.9 The Region. Stay with us. Today's the day to try something new. Second City Training Center is home to North America's largest school of improv. Whether you're looking to build confidence through a public speaking class, test out some new material at the stand-up drop-in series, or just want to stop by and see what's up with improv, they'd love to have you. Visit them online today at secondcity.com tc or call 416-340-7270. Winter isn't done with us yet, and driving will continue to be challenging. Drive into Mazda of Richmond Hill and get in on the January iActive all-weather drive event. Get a credit towards new winter tires or upgrade your ride with a credit towards accessories on all models of Mazda. Come into 10414 Young Street in Richmond Hill and take predictive control in this uncertain weather. The iActive all-weather drive event is now on at Mazda in Richmond Hill. Go online to MazdaofRichmondHill.com or drop by at 10414 Young Street in Richmond Hill. <laughs> Want to know more about the music and the musicians you love? Today we're talking about five bands that have been at it for a very long time. The entire album was recorded over three weekend sessions for a cost of $6,000. Whenever I do an impression of Bob Dylan, that's the only line that I do. Tangle up in blue. That's, that's it. And you that's, do it. That's very all I do. Well. I do can't it again. do it again. Tangle up in blue. <laughs> what that Eric Alper knows will spin your head Sundays on What She Said Talk. The Spark of Markham, CFMS 105.9, The Region. Saturday night at the movies, who cares what picture you see? 
Joining us now is film critic Anne Brody for Saturday Night at the Movies. And we're starting off today with a German drama film called In the Fade. How's that? It won Best Foreign Language Film at the Golden Globes. And it's had a number of nominations, I think six or seven wins elsewhere. Um, it's a political murder thriller. So Diane Kruger, who at one time was thought of as the most beautiful actress in the world, she's very, looking very plain in this thing. It's her burning bed moment. So she and her Kurdish husband live in, in um, Germany, Hamburg, and he's murdered when a bomb goes off in his office. She happens to see a girl who was lurking about, a young sort of white German girl, and police investigate. turns out that they are neo-Nazis. So a trial happens. They have all kinds of evidence and, um, uh, in, uh, you know, incriminating evidence against this girl and her husband. And then they're acquitted. So as horrifying as that is, she decides to take it into her own hands and get her own vengeance. And, of course, we follow her through Europe. <laughs> It's pretty good. It's pretty good. Okay. good. What yes, about indeed. hostile? Sort of in the same vein. Same about vengeance. Yes. About vengeance. Now, Christian Bale, you know how intense he is. He plays a cavalry officer who is charged with accompanying, um, uh, are they, what's, what is the tribe? Comanche warriors. Coman uh, no, they're not Comanches. They're Cheyenne. Cheyenne. Oh, I say. Cheyenne. Through the Badlands to their home in Montana. He's a racist. Of course, most of these U.S. cavalry members are, very, and they sort of kill on sight, and it's brutal. But he's ordered to by the president to do this, so he must. So they go along. They find a burned pioneer cabin. There's a woman in it, Rosamund Pike. And the Comanche have murdered her two daughters, her infant and I knew and her there husband. were Comanches in there somewhere. There, well, and there they are. <laughs> So <laughs> the little troop continues on towards Montana with enemies, different tribes, out, white outlaws. It's just, and it's so violent. So I can't give it my big thumbs up because it's quite disturbing. How, how would Christian Bale's stepmother like it? Stepmother? Gloria Steinem. Oh, right. Yeah. Yes. Oh, I don't think she'd care for it. <laughs> I don't think so. I don't. Well, she comes up later in our report. Oh, oh does she? Yeah. Yeah. And how is Gerard Butler? My oh. pal. No, he's no good Oh, well, this. Kate, you won't like him in this one, we bet. I advise you to steer clear. Den of Thieves. Den of Thieves. He plays the leader of um, a high-level uh, unit at the in the Los Angeles um, Sheriff's Department. Sorry. So he is after this group that is planning a hit on the Federal Reserve Bank, a place that people have tried to in real life break into, I think, something like 59 times, and not a single time has been successful. So these uh, ex-military uh, guys decide they can do it. So, you know, it's, it's just two hours of assault gun rapid fire. Um, <laughs> Ger Gerard Butler scratching and smoking and... <laughs> Honestly, he's completely repugnant. 
hate you'd hate him, even though I'll just think of him on the set of 300, 300 where I where I holding. got to spend six days. <laughs> and he mentioned you. I t- interviewed him not long after that, and and we talked about you and about Alex. I bet he did. <laughs> <laughs> what about so, the final year? This is what I'm talking about. Gloria Steinem. Ah. Uh, documentary filmmakers went behind the scenes of the White House, and they had total access. Uh, in the last year of Obama's reign. And so they followed and interviewed uh, several staff members. It wouldn't happen now. No. would have no No, fake news in the White House. (laughs) So they followed them around the world, and then, you know, there is their... So Gloria Steinem has a gathering of feminists, including Madeleine Albright, and they're watching the returns the night of, of the election, and you see their reaction when Trump is named president. It's just... It's worth the entire film. But, uh, yes, so it just looks at Obama's legacy and his interviews right towards the end and how he felt about it, his sense of relief. It's a very intriguing, really eye-opening documentary. The Final Year. The Final Year. And before we head out, what else should we check out or not check out? Oh, oh, okay, yes, let's go to Trust on Hulu. Jodie Whittaker, I don't know if you remember her from Broadchurch. She was a mother whose son was murdered. She is such a fine actress. She plays a nurse in a hospital in Sheffield who um, has a lot of problems locally, and so she's got to get out of town. Her friend leaves for New Zealand, so she ta- she's a doctor. She takes her resume and her clothes, goes up to Edinburgh, and poses as a doctor, and she's such a good doctor. She blows the rest of them out of the water. However, people from the past are starting to show up. Uh-oh. It's Grace really and good. Frankie is on. Christine, you have to get Netflix. <gasps> You haven't seen Grace and Frankie? No. Oh, my God, you'll love it. I know. You'll be mad yep. for it. That'll season be a whole four. weekend of just watching Grace and four Frankie. Oh, weekends. absolutely. Four weekends. You can, do, you can do a season in a weekend. This is, this is season four. But, I mean, I just marvel at the, fa- at, at the two women and the fact that, I mean, Jane Fonda's 80 now, right? Take a look oh, at her have... Jane Fonda official. She put a picture of her. She had, she had to sit in, sleep in her gown the other night and the way she looks in the morning. So funny. All right. Well, thank you very much for joining us, Anne. We'll talk to you next week. We will. 1059 The Region, keeping the 905 in the know. Everybody knows the sunshine, sunshine. Our next guest figures she has spent the equivalent of 25 days a year dreaming, researching, planning, and coordinating Disney vacations. I might argue that she might have spent more than that, actually. <laughs> Lifestyle expert Lena Almeida joins us now in studio to talk about must-do Disney in 2018. Lena, you do have an obsession. You admit that, don't you, openly? I admit my obsession. It's just, you know what, if wanting a little pixie dust in my life is wrong, I don't want to be right. And you know what? <laughs> There's a song in there somewhere. <laughs> there are much worse things to be obsessed Absolutely. about than Disney. And you know what? My boys are ages 7 and 9, so they are perfect Disney age. They're tall enough to go on all of the rides. They understand that wishes can come true. And it's just a perfect family vacation for us. So I have done a lot of research to find out what are the must-do things this year. But first and foremost, only because there's a little time left to get the Canadian resident ticket offer. So if you are planning to visit Disney World or Disneyland in 2018, you are not going to see a better deal on park tickets than this. So Canadian residents can save 20% on four-day or longer tickets to Walt Disney World when you purchase in advance. And you need to do that before February 10th. And 
The website for that is disneyworld.ca slash tickets. And if you're going to Disneyland in California, you can actually save 25% on three-day or longer tickets. And that's when you purchase before February 28th, 2018. And the website for that is disneyland.ca slash tickets. So grab that deal if you want to mm-hmm. visit Disney World or Disneyland because mm-hmm. you're getting tickets at par and you're just not going to see that no. at any other time. So we're going to skip forward to March, if that's okay, because we do need to do a little bit of planning when it comes to taking a Disney vacation. And your destination is Walt Disney World in Orlando, Florida. There's the Epcot International Flower and Garden Festival. It's hands down my favorite festival because, I mean, for foodies, hello, the outdoor kitchens offer something from around the world. You can sample what they call small plates or mini bites and flowers, just the most stunning you know it's it's that's for kate Kate's yeah face is lit up are you mm-hmm. food the one and with flowers the yes yeah, i'm done <laughs> <laughs> it's wonderful and the great news is is that you can experience it with epcot admissions so um there's no extra charge of course if you're sampling food from the outdoor kitchens mm-hmm. the small plates are between three dollars us and six dollars us so i always say go hungry and then make that you know walk mm-hmm. around the world showcase and make that your meal Okay. So that's in March. In April, we're going to go over to Disneyland, so on the other coast in California, because they have Pixar Fest going um, on. And it actually starts on April 13th, 2018. And they're going to bring about a brand new fireworks spectacular, the return of the iconic Paint the Night Parade, and as well as even more Pixar encounters. So if you have Pixar fans, Mm -hmm. so think, you know, Toy Story, The Mm -hmm. Incredibles, um, all those movies that we know our kids love, you want to check out Pixar Fest. And that begins April 13th at Disneyland, California. For May, we're going to move over to Disney Cruise Line for Mother's Day. Who does not want to do a Mother's Day on a cruise ship? I mean, how amazing would that be? Yes. So I did check, and each of the four Disney Cruise Line ships does have a Mother's Day sailing. So you can be, you know, somewhere beautiful when you're celebrating Mother's Day. So that website is Disney Cruise Line. Well, my birthday is in June, and Disneyland Paris might be nice. Disneyland Paris is always a good idea. (laughs) And they are actually having an inaugural Fan Days event in Paris. So um, if if you're going to be in Europe, definitely check that out. In July, this is the big news. So Toy Story Land is opening at Disney's Hollywood Studios in Orlando, Florida. So it's set to open at the beginning of the summer. So I say if you're planning a trip, you know, late July would be a safe bet. And that's just going to be huge. If we skip over to Disneyland in California in August, that's when Pixar Pier is opening. So Paradise Pier is now being reimagined. Mm-hmm. And again, more Pixar character encounters. They're redoing, you know, the roller coaster. Fabulous. Mm-hmm. Let's go to October now. Again, Disney Cruise Line, Halloween on the high seas. So if you're thinking of taking a cruise, and I think October's a great month to do it, you can experience Halloween on a Disney Cruise Line voyage, and they do great things. They have um, a parties at Mickey's Mouse Parade party, <laughs> and they even have character encounters. Um, 
from Jack and Sally from mm-hmm. Tim Burton's The Nightmare Before Christmas. And finally, in December, who doesn't want to experience Disney at the holidays? I just came back. So we experienced Walt Disney World in December for the first time, and it was just magical. Really? So everything yeah. from Mickey's Very Merry Christmas Parade in Magic Kingdom to the all-new Jingle Bell, Jingle Bam in Hollywood Studios was just, we made some great family memories. So I was just going to say that. This is for children that... Uh, yeah. You, you, younger children. This is just something we never, ever forget. Yep. So where can people go to get more information on all of the... Well, first I want you to go to DisneyWorld.ca slash tickets or DisneyLand.ca slash tickets. Grab the deal. And then DisneyWorld.ca and DisneyLand.ca is where you want to go. <sighs> okay. Oh, Lena. Is this the year you take a magical vacation? I hope so. Oh. I hope we don't have to wait for grandchildren. <laughs> <laughs> This is what she said on 105.9 The Region. We will be right back. If being healthier was one of your New Year's resolutions, quitting smoking is one of the most important things you can do to improve your health. York Region Public Health offers smoking cessation workshops. Visit york.ca slash tobacco for more information. This message is brought to you by York Region Public Health and 105.9 The Region in recognition of National Non-Smoking Week. Guten Tag, it's me, Gunther, the German Shepherd, on the radio again to tell you that Troop Pet in Richmond Hill is the best place to get everything you need for your pets. Scrumptious treats, strong leashes, and the toys I love. Find them at Troop Pet in Richmond Hill or online at trooppet.ca. Jawohl! 1059 The Region, growing with you and your family. Joining us now is Candace Derricks from lifeinpleasantville.com, and today we're going to learn how to get fit at home on a budget. Welcome, Candace. Hi, how are you? Fine. Getting fit at home this winter yeah, so is let a me, great plan. I just want to preface all of this by saying I am not a fitness expert, I am not a nutrition expert, but what I am an expert at is giving gyms my money for a membership every year and not going. I'm not going. <laughs> I am stellar at that. My, my husband asked me recently, he said, are you going to the gym? And I said, no. He said, because it's on my visa. <laughs> and I said, okay, yes, I'll cancel that membership. So Well, the thing done. is, is that you, like, once you're in a contract, you really can't cancel, right? And so I, I did a little digging because I've done this year after year after year. I've joined the gym. I don't go. And we all do it. We're all guilty of it. After Uh December, our Christmas waits on. We're feeling the guilt. We join a gym. So here's what I found. 80% of people who join a gym don't make it past the five-month mark. So you're not alone. No need to feel bad. Over two-thirds of all gym memberships go unused. Two-thirds. Two-thirds. That's surprise. Two-thirds? Can you believe that? And they're paying whatever a month? Well, around $60 or, a month. Or their husband is. <laughs> <laughs> or their husband has one of their visa. But we won't. It's a sore point, maybe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, if you're more than eight kilometers from a gym, you will likely only hit the gym once a month. And that is where uh, my position. So I sort of live sort of outside of the city. I'm definitely more than eight you kilometers. You live in Pleasantville. Yes, exactly. And it's a little outside, so it's a little harder for me to get. And that was always my hurdle was like, like getting there, mm-hmm. right? Wasn't Parking. convenient, wasn't close, wasn't, you know, and it was the 20 minutes to get there and then the time there and then the 20 minutes. So it was taking time out of my day. So I wasn't committing. So this year, what I said was, I'm going to look at a way to get fit at home on a budget. 
and and still be able to be motivate myself because I think that's why we join the gym right is we're hoping for that motivation to actually somebody to push us right right mm-hmm. I think part of the problem the, the the plus of going to a gym is you're motivated by other people who are doing stuff. yes but it does take time by the time you get dressed and you get the car and then you got to get the bag and then you got to yeah. get the lock and you got to mm-hmm. and but you go and change and then you've yep. got to could be there to pick up a ticket for the class before everybody yeah. else gets. So you end up spending more time getting there and coming home than yeah. you're there. It's a huge and sometimes thing. it's like, I don't have three hours. And I think, I think, you know, on a basic level, we all know it doesn't have to, fitness doesn't have to be complicated. No. You need to move mm-hmm. and you need to eat healthy. Mm-hmm. These are all really basic things. So one of the things is walking. So, you know, we've all heard 10,000 steps a day. That's been big for us for a while. Um, But there's actually evidence to suggest that walking is more effective uh, for burning fat than intense cardio. Um, I'm all for that. Isn't that great? Really? Yeah. Yep. Yep. And it, so, does it have to be a certain speed or just? No, just it's, just it's how much you're doing and a consistent amount of it. Like, you know, not like walking from your desk to the refrigerator is not going to count. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, doing a nice long walk is good. Mm -hmm. And it's easier on your joints. Mm -hmm. And the best way to obviously do that is with your fitness tracker. And um, so those are available. I I went looking and they're at Walmart. You can get, you know, the um, iWatch. You can get the Fitbits, the Fitbit trackers. They have all kinds of them there. And so it's a great way to keep track of how many steps you're actually taking Mm -hmm. in a day. And once you sort of get watch that and get motivated by it it's funny because you know i'll go out and i'll forget to have my non and i'm like like this okay. five thousand steps didn't even count let me tell you something <laughs> i phoned christine one day and she said hang on i'm just running up and down my stairs at my condo because i haven't hit my ten thousand steps <laughs> right i used to go to aquafit and i had the fitbit in a clip on my so hair funny because i you know you're doing yeah. exercise yeah and they used to, people come, used to say, I, I'm going to add it to mine. Like, how many steps? Oh, we did 4,000 steps. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, and I love that because it, it's a motivator, right? Seeing that yeah. and watching it. And when we went to Holland this summer, like, I couldn't believe how fast the weight came off just walking. Right? When I wasn't mm-hmm. sitting at a desk being sedentary and moving, mm-hmm. the weight was just falling off. So walking is definitely a My husband was at a trade show in New York um, this week, and he came home, and I said, how, how you know, he said, you walk for, for, mi- for miles. I said, yeah. what did you do? He said, 13 kilometers. Yeah, I believe it. Going through right? a trade show. And that's show. <laughs> one of the reasons why I think, you know, uh, in Europe, people walk much more. Yeah. Because not everybody has a car, and you're more congested. So you're not, in North America, however... You know, we yeah. live in suburbia, so we have to drive 20 miles to get yep. milk or to get whatever. Yep. And I think you're right. That makes yeah. sense. And another one I found was that recently Michael Joyner at the Mayo Clinic came out with this, and he said there's only two exercises you ever need to do in your life for a long life. Are you ready? Burpees and jump rope. Oh, I, might I hate burpees. I hate burpees. <laughs> And what's a, what's burpee? I'm like, fine, I'll take a shorter life. No, I'm we'll explain a burpee to you later. But, yeah, but uh, I, I will explain a burpee. You will not like it. They're not. Uh, they're no fun. Yeah, but this it's a, um, like a weighted jump. Rope. jump this is a weighted jump rope, and mm-hmm. he suggested a weighted jump rope. So I went to Walmart. I picked this up. Fifteen ninety-seven. That's a heck of a lot cheaper than what you're going to spend for a gym membership. Okay. And burpees are going to cost you nothing for an investment in equipment, right? Mm-hmm. So that was one of the things. The average cost of a gym membership is around seven hundred and twenty dollars a year if you're looking at a sixty dollars a month. So last night for fun, I went on Walmart.ca uh, and I checked out what seven hundred and twenty dollars could get me. 
I could get a treadmill for $498, a rowing machine for $168, and add in some two five and eight pound neoprene weights, and I was $720. Wow. And there you were. So at best, you have a home gym. And at worst, if it turns into a clothing rack, you can sell it for some residual value, right? Like Mm -hmm. you're not losing your money that way. So you're actually, you know, and you're more likely to use it, I think, if it's sitting at home there. I dropped my um, going to yoga, um, but I still like to do yoga in the every morning, um, just uh, just to do 15 minutes of stretching. Um, But now it's increasing again. But I've got DVDs too, so I'm getting DVDs. Well, I actually brought that in because I, uh, you know, DVDs. It's a little old school in today's yeah, world you can, you because can watch you can on YouTube, I guess. Mm-hmm. But you know, but, you can also subscribe to these services that are out right. there. But you got to watch those because they're tricky. You subscribe, you forget about it, and then a year later, you've got to charge on your credit card for right. another, you know, That's year's true. membership, and you've forgotten about plus it. Plus, I already have <laughs> and I haven't have, used I have it. <laughs> DVDs, and I like some of the DVDs. Which ones yeah. did you? So I brought in Jillian Michaels. Jillian Michaels. I don't know if you've ever worked I out. I have. Yeah, I have a love hate relationship with Jillian Michaels. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I just, I work out, I yell at her a lot on the screen, but you know, it's, <laughs> hey, we have an understanding, so um, it's good. And then the other one I was going to say was sort of finding motivation, because I think that's really hard. A friend of mine, um, the other day on Facebook, she posted a 50, 50 burpees a day challenge, oh, right? I know, I didn't join. But anyway, but I was amazed by how many people Did jumped in. Did you unfriend her? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm just giggling from the sidelines watching all these people. So they all jumped in and they said, I'll do it, I'll do it. Um, so she actually had like, I think about 30 people join her in this challenge. And so she has a group, if you go to Facebook and search Life in Your 40s, she has a group within it called Fitness in Your 40s and Beyond. And it's just a group of women who get together and motivate each other, right? So that's a lot of fun, um, and that's a good way. It's for people to stay motivated, mm-hmm. right? It's so, so start your own group or find a group, okay? right? So that's a lot of fun. Um, and the other one was, I would say, don't get unprepared. Like, don't be unprepared when it comes to food. Mm-hmm. That is my worst because... Yeah, I think, yeah, yeah. We were talking about this earlier, how, yeah. you know, if you're on your own, you don't want to cook for one person, and yeah. so you end up, you know... Or you're out and you're on the road, and your first instinct is to go for that fast food. So I travel now, like, this whole month. Well, first off, I've given up wine. <gasps> it's I know, January. It's I know lots of people do that in January. <laughs> it's very sad. Um, I we'll, don't think we can We'll talk about it. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, it's not forever. It's okay. not forever. Don't leave me yet. Uh, so, but I, um, I did, what I have been doing is I've been keeping stocked up on protein drinks and protein bars that I carry Perfect. around in my purse. They're portable. They don't expire. And when I get hungry or there's a craving, I've got them with me. And they're great for keeping your energy high as well. So just don't get caught with those things. And so all of this is on Walmart, um, .ca, and the best part is um, it can be all delivered to your home, too, so you can order it all online and have it they delivered. They deliver? Yeah. Yeah. Deliver. So you just go on walmart.ca, and yep. what, what would you just type in, uh, health? Well, fitness and exercise. Fit, and then uh, you, you can know, get, you yeah, know. They actually, right now, on their homepage, because obviously January, we're yeah. all thinking the same thing. On their homepage, they have a huge section So the treadmills it. and all that stuff is there, yeah. plus all the... And I'm going to leave all these goodies behind for you ladies to uh, give away to one of In our listener. Facebook Live swag bags yeah. on Wednesday. Excellent. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Is there anybody that wouldn't want fitness? Uh, this, yeah. 
and we're gonna we're gonna teach Christine how to do a burpee, and then we'll post that. You need to share that. Do it during your live. No, she already, no, no, she already uh, posted me singing. So I didn't do it. Alex did it. Candace, thank you as always. Thank you. This is what she said on 105.9 The Region. Stay with us. Do you remember when you first fell in love with reading? Well, you weren't really reading, were you? No, your passion for books began quite another way. It was listening, wasn't it? To a story. Yes, your love of reading really got started when you were being read to. Kobo introduces audiobooks for the free Kobo app with a beautifully designed, easy-to-use player, one home for all your audiobooks and ebooks. Book lovers can listen to their heart's content for as little as $12.99 per month with subscription, and with a 30-day free trial, you get your first audiobook free. Sign up now at Kobo.com. Lloyd Robertson has a story. Comedian Luba Goy has a story, too. In an evening celebrating the successes of those touched by mental illness, some famous Canadians share their stories in words and music. Join Lloyd Robertson, Michael Landsberg, Luba Goy, and friends at the High Notes Gala for Mental Health. Thursday, February 1st, Richmond Hill Centre for Performing Arts. For tickets, call 905-787-8811. Since I fell down the stairs as a child and knocked my front teeth out, I've always smiled with my mouth closed. This year, I decided to change that and was surprised to find out that veneers were affordable and could be done rather quickly. With just two weeks before my wedding, I went to Maple Ridge Dentistry. Dr. Cohen and his team understood my needs, put together a work plan, and in all my wedding pictures, you will see me broadly smiling. Thank you, Maple Ridge Dentistry. For fast, affordable, and excellent dental service, call 905-832-9008 or go to mapleridgedentistry.ca. Located in Maple, they can give you the smile you want. Tell them Michael sent you. It was a game changer for me. Feeding the family got you frantic? As feeding two teenage boys, I mean, at the end of the week, that's all I really want to do is save some money on my groceries. Is your fridge ever actually full? Oh, my, no. <laughs> I think I'm the only person that comes to a radio interview with a cooler. Not only was it so much fun, but it was super easy. And even my kids, when we cut into it last night, they even looked at it and they were like, Mom, you made this? I think you can do this in your sleep. Wholesome, on-budget fixes from foodie Charmaine Broughton on What She Said Talk. When it comes to getting the perfect gift, it's the thought that counts. Have everyone in York Region thinking about your special someone's birthday with a 105.9 Birthday Club. Hey, happy birthday. Submit their name and date of birth on our website or email birthdayclub at 1059theregion.com. We'll announce their birthday live on air, weekday mornings at 745 and afternoons at 515. And what's a birthday without a gift? Your special someone could also win a spectacular gift in our monthly draw. It's the Birthday Club. Ooh, sure are a lot of candles on that cake. On 105.9 The Region. Baby, it's you that I've been dreaming about, dreaming about. You don't have a clue. Oh, I really want to love, want to love, telling you the truth. What you are listening to is It's You by Canadian R&B and pop powerhouse Jenna Nation. Welcome to what she said. Thank you so much for having me. You were raised in Ottawa and began singing when you were very young. Tell us how you got started. Sure, so um, my family has always been uh, involved in music, so I kind of grew up with it in the household, and so it seemed like it was destined to be. It was always part of my life, and so here I am now. 
And you just released your new album called You Don't Know. What are some of the themes you write about? Uh, so I really, you know, try to write about things that are going on in my own life, things that I experience. And also um, I'm super inspired by, you know, um, what's going on around me, uh, what, you know, I converse with my friends about. So a lot of the topics in this, especially being R&B, is about love and relationships. So that's usually, you know, most of my album yeah, is geared towards that. You just released your music video for the song Forever. Tell us the inspiration behind that one. Sure. Um, so this song was one of the more um, happier love songs on the album. And uh, I was really excited to do it. It was my first music video actually in Toronto. Um, and so I had um, a rapper on the on the song as well featured. Um, he's a, a well-known Toronto rapper, Fame Holiday. And uh, it was great to have him uh, on the video. So we just got a lot of uh, Toronto scenery in there. And yeah, it was a good time. So where um, where can people see you perform next? You've got some tour dates coming up? Absolutely. Kind of so um, in Toronto, I'm generally at Poetry Jazz Cafe once a month. Um, I'm also at the Harlem Underground. All of my shows are listed on my website, uh, www.jennanation.com. Um, and uh, next I'm up uh, in L.A. for a week in February, so you can catch me in L.A. as well. That's awesome. So uh, actually, I may be going to LA, so we might do do that. So what's what do you do? You want to go down to the states and and stay there, or do you want to be sort of by? I actually I lived in Boston for four years. I studied at the Berklee College of Music, and mm -hmm. uh, you know I. I I had my working visa there for a little bit, um, but decided to come back to Canada. Toronto, um, you know, has been super supportive, and it's nice to have uh, the support of your your own country. So, absolutely, yeah. Well, we are looking very uh, much forward to hearing you in just a second. We just want to tell people that please be sure to follow us on social media at What She Said Talk. We will be back tomorrow at noon right here on one hundred five nine The Region. But right now, singing us out in our live studio sessions, here's Jenna Nation performing You Don't Know. Thanks so much. If I had my way, would be the only one you call. They say you get what you give. Guess it doesn't work that way at all. I know we're going through the motions And everybody knows it but you It's in the smile that's on your face when you're around But baby, what a waste if you can't tell me how you feel Baby, you don't know how you get to me You know it's real but you're not shy I know I'm everything I should be Can't you see I'm doing all that I can do Baby, you don't know How you get to me You know this ain't the way this love should be When I'm everything That I should be Can't you see I'm doing all that I can do Can't read your mind to see the signs you stay then go your heart, it makes it hard, sometimes in love it's how it goes, let's not complicate this, we already got what 
it takes to make this thing last It's in the smile that's on your face when you're around But baby, what a waste if you can't tell me how you feel Baby, you don't know how you get to me You know it's real, but you're not shy I know I'm everything that I should be Can't you see I'm doing all that I can do? Baby, you don't know how you get to me You know this ain't the way this life should be When I'm everything that I should be Can't you see I'm doing all that I can do? Can't you see I'm doing all that I can do? You don't know what you're doing to me Hey listeners, I'm Christy. And I'm Melissa. And this is Buried Motives, where we dig deep into the details of some of the most gruesome dirtbag murderers. She said she enjoyed hurting things that can't fight back. And that is a disturbing view into the mind of a murderer in such a dirtbag. Yeah, that's not even strong enough words. This is totally a recipe for disaster and not to justify whatever is going to happen, but you can totally understand and see how this would be in the works. If you were only to look at what she did later on and not know any of that history, she would appear like off the wall crazy. Oh, 100% because we're not even close to getting to the end yet. But you can just see this pattern and all this kind of stuff developing in her, which is what we're here for. We're digging deep. Join us each Thursday as we unearth the dirt bags that live among us and the motives buried there. Hope you join us as we exhume the truth. Hi, I'm Steve Yurko. And I'm Tara Sands. Now available from Maji Media is our new podcast, Four Kids Flashback. Four Kids is the company who brought you the English dub of Pokemon in the late 90s and so many other shows like Yu-Gi-Oh!, Shaman King, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Kirby, the infamous One Piece dub, and so many more. We'll be talking to the people who worked at Four Kids. Actors, directors, writers, editors, producers, engineers, you get the point. And hopefully get the answers to questions both you and I have about the company. I actually worked there as a voice actor on some of the shows. And I was a kid watching the shows and remember way more than Tara does. And thank God for that. Steve is actually a professional storyboard artist, which gives some really unique insights into anime and animation. Subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts. That's the number four kids flashback. 
another Sound Off Media Company podcast.